Hi and welcome to Emerging Markets Today. My name is Ana Paula Picasso and this episode will be about discovering tech talent in Central America. I'm here with Charles Fry. He's the founder of Code Exitos, a digital product studio based in Austin, Texas, with designing studios in Honduras. Hi, Charles. Welcome to Emerging Markets Today. Hi, Anna. Great to be here. It's the first time I'm talking about Central America in the podcast. Yay. Yeah. First. Yay. First one. I talk about Latin America in general. I had uh, episodes about Latin America, fintech in Latin America, and obviously the big countries like Brazil, where I'm from, Mexico, etc. But I'm very interested in Central America. I think it's a region we don't talk much about in concerning emerging markets, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't get a lot of notice. Maybe uh, the most notable country would be Costa Rica, which, depending on how much you want to peel back the politics of what Central America is, Costa Rica may or may not be part of that. They may not identify as part of that, but... Yeah, the rest of the Central American countries are really emerging spots for tech talent. We're excited to be there. We've had had a lot of success. And then we're going to talk about Code Exitus a little bit later on in the episode. And I'm really looking forward to know more about in how you started your company there. Uh, you, ha- you told me before you have 80% of the team based in Honduras. Well, my first question is, why Honduras? When you think about uh, outsourcing, especially tech tech and, and development, etc. You always, especially if you live in the US, you think about uh, India, Pakistan, this is the first countries that come to mind, especially because they are English they are English-speaking countries. Why Honduras? Why did you guys choose Honduras? Yeah, so there are uh, there are some real business reasons for it, and uh, but I'll start with a personal reason. I've been uh, I've been traveling to and from the Central America region since uh, two thousand nine, maybe. So I have a lot of familiarity with the region and. Honduras in, in particular. My wife's Honduran, so that's a, that's a big clue for uh, a lot of people. Um, and uh, so that's that's really the personal reason, but the but the professional reasons are all very, very true. Uh, I've spent about 30 years as a, as a tech entrepreneur and a technology leader, and I've been to those countries you've mentioned and, and quite a few more. Um, pursuing technical talent, you know, contractors, partners, whatever. And I set out, in many ways, I set out to build Codexitos to be the company that I wanted to have when I was hiring companies. I wanted I wanted to solve some things that aren't really cultural or market related, but they're just geographic related. Um, you know, uh, our headquarters uh, is in Austin, Texas. I'm I'm actually in Austin right now. Um, it's a long, challenging journey to get to India or Pakistan or China. Um, it's 
it's just hard. It's hard and it's expensive and it's no one's fault. It's just a fact of geography. And I didn't, I didn't think it needed to be that hard. And, and in our work as a product development studio, collaboration with our clients is a critical piece of what we do. And so the idea of having teams that are eight, 10, 12 hours off in time zones is problematic. Uh, occasionally having a meetup once or twice a year uh, is problematic with the, the time and, and you know, tra- cost and trauma, physical trauma involved in traveling halfway around the world. So it all kind of came together. Our, our studio, our principal studio in San Pedro Sula, for example, is, uh, is about a two hour and 15 minute flight from Houston's airport. So uh, we have some of our team that live uh, in Detroit, Michigan, and the flight from Detroit to Houston takes longer than the flight from Houston to our studio in Honduras. And so when people realize that you know they can leave on a morning flight and have a late lunch uh, with their team, uh, that's, that's pretty compelling. So that sort of got us looking at the map and my 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 personal attachment on Honduras said hey you know I want to I want to build this here yeah I just want to go back to what you said about costs as well because I'm imagining that uh, labor is not as cheap as used to be in India and Pakistan let's say 20 years ago for me it's a value issues so you're right in absolute terms costs have gone up but costs have gone up globally i mean the cost of hiring a uh, a javascript developer in austin texas has gone up quite a bit in the last 10 years uh it's actually gone up a lot in the last 10 years so i i think that cost is relative and frankly we don't believe that you should be looking at an emerging market to arbitrage or take advantage of salary differentials. Uh, in, in fact, I mentioned to you when we last spoke that we're a certified B corporation and a big part of our B corporation mission is to provide better than living wages um, through the work that we do. And so I don't, I'm not in that camp of looking for an emerging market because I want the cheapest possible labor. So we... We recognize that rates go up. We recognize that as people become more valuable in the work they do, that they should be rewarded for that. So, yeah. So you talk about the advantages. You say you just you can jump on an early morning flight and be in Honduras by lunchtime, and meet the team. And also, if you want to, if you're working remotely, like most companies like this do. You work almost at the same hours as the U.S. And but was there any challenges in terms of, let's say, uh, a language barrier, for instance? Because, uh, as I mentioned earlier on, India and Pakistan are English-speaking countries. Honduras is a Spanish-speaking country. So unless you have people that speak Spanish or English in your team uh that that could be a big barrier yeah our team our team's all bilingual uh the of course the people in Honduras are native spanish speakers so that's their that's their native language 
Um, you know, language is a funny thing. When people, you know, you're an internet, you are a creature of the international world, and so you have a little more experience with this than than the average American in particular. And speaking English and being proficient in the work that you do in a second language are two different things. And you know, I've run into this in other countries where I can speak English to someone, but uh, uh, you know, if it's not your native language, you may not be able to be as you may not be able to think creatively, innovatively, collaboratively in that foreign language. And uh, our team not only speaks English but is comfortable working in things like innovation workshops and creativity and that sort of stuff. Uh, in fact, most of our team, my Spanish is much worse than most of our teams at English. Uh, I can, I could follow along, but if, if I want to express, um, a new idea or a subtle thought or something like that, I'm going to default to English. Uh, so, the net of it is we've never had a language problem in, in five years. We've never had a language problem with, uh, with any of our client engagements. And, you know, there's, I, I think in Central America, what's paving the way on the language uh, opportunity are the call centers. There are a lot of call centers and BPOs that are cropping up, and they tend to hire very young college-age students, sometimes students still in university, and, you know, they're learning their English by interacting with typically American consumers, cable TV and, you know, cable TV bills and credit card collection. and that Social media. Social media, right. Social, social media has been a huge, huge, huge impact. Um, and in, for emerging markets in general, I think that's a... Um, that's a gigantic shift. It, yeah, it is a game changer because young professionals now, they know, they can see in social media what the quote-unquote uh, developed countries or first world market is like, and it doesn't have to get filtered through any sort of uh, government or media-controlled um messaging so that's a, that's a big yeah yeah definitely i especially not just younger generation but i think especially now in this very globalized connected world in english you have to know english you have to learn english how did you go about let's say you decided to start your business um you started a remote team in honduras and I think you mentioned to me before in your call that Costa Rica was is a hot spot for outsourcing, uh, especially to from to the US. And yeah, so how did you go about? How did you start putting your team together in Honduras? Well, we had, um, of course, I had a lot of familiarity with the country. And uh, I had sourced work in Costa Rica as well, so I knew uh, I knew the region, not just the country. But I was very fortunate to we continue to have a great partnership with a development company called Altia. And uh, if people want to look up Altia Smart City in Honduras, 
you'll see that they pioneered the call center concepts in in Central America. And the team there was and continues to be very supportive of getting us in and helping us get started up as a technology company in a you know, in a beautiful office park that's safe and secure. It has seven or eight thousand, you know, people working in it. It's a bilingual office park, if you will. So uh, yeah, you know, the gringo sort of shows up and goes into a meeting and says, Hey, I'm gonna start a tech company here. And everyone uh keeps from laughing for the most part. And, uh, and, and we did it and they were, they were, they were and remain great partners. They've helped us out with things like real estate and connections to the universities and a lot of other things. And now we're in a position where not only are we growing our company, but if other companies want to explore expanding into the market, I'd be happy to talk to them and introduce them, um, to our friends at Altia and, and, uh, you know, we're we're big yeah we're big we're big believers that you know the rising tide floats all boats we it's a huge market in tech we have the advantage of it being a huge market it's not going away um so if other people are thinking about and we're actually helping a couple companies now um explore the possibility of having their own teams in uh in Honduras or Central America so uh, what we've learned we're willing to share I guess that's yeah yeah that sounds great definitely uh we got, I'm gonna put your details in the show notes so oh, and fantastic you're gonna talk more about exitos as well called exitos and you we talk about language Charles we talked about some of the challenges as well in uh, starting uh, outsourcing, like a development outsourcing company. Was there other challenges in terms of skill sets? It's a great question. I think the challenges are around. So for the so that for the American audience that's listening, for if you imagine the American entrepreneurial market of startups and small tech companies and all that kind of you know, vibe that's in communities in Europe as well. Uh, although I'm not as familiar with the European startup world. Um, in Central America, you have to wind the clock back like 20 or 25 years. And it, because I was involved in the startup world 25 years ago, it's sometimes surprising to me how much it's, it's catching up. But so it's not skills. I mean, we, we find, JavaScript developers and people who know databases and that sort of stuff. Um, soft skills are uh, a big deal because uh, culturally the expectations in business in Latin America are different than the cultural expectations in the U.S. In what way? Fundament yeah, fundamentally, and this might be controversial, people might want to argue about it, and that's fine, debate it. Um, in the U.S., particularly in tech companies, uh, I would give you a problem and I'd say, Anna, here's, here's a problem, here's a goal I want to achieve, go figure it out, All right? And principally in Latin America, what I would do is I'd say, 
uh, here's a big stack of paper and this is exactly what I want you to do. And I want you to sit at your desk and process this until the paper's all gone and then come back and I'll give you more work to do. So, um, we spend a lot of time talking to, you know, it's, it hasn't been uncommon that we'll find really brilliant people and we'll say, here's a problem and we want you to solve it. And they say, that's, I'm absolutely dedicated to fixing this problem. What do you want me to do? They were like, oh, I don't know. I mean, I want you to figure it out and solve it. Yeah, I know it. How do you want me to solve it? So that's sort of, uh, that, that's a deep cultural thing that we deal with. Um, I mean, successfully, obviously, I'm, I'm painting a black and white picture here, but um, soft skills and, um, yeah, I mean, we, we work on all of it. We have a very, very uh, detailed and, uh, you know, I'm really proud of the professional development program that we have for every one of our employees. And uh, it's that combined with them working directly with clients who are, you know, wild and crazy entrepreneurs in the U.S., uh, it's really fun to see the the transfer of uh, and the blending of understanding and context and awareness so but but that's a real thing and it it, it comes up and it's just part of our our daily work i'm not sure if i'm going to leave this part of on the podcast but uh, i always say that in latin america there is no sense of urgency people never answer an email on the same day my well I, listen though i mean I, you can leave this part in if you want but one of my honduran friends uh, who has international experience? Uh, we basically it's a great Honduran, loves his country. Uh, but he said, you know, there are two speeds: slow and stop. So, <laughs> yeah, so that 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 comes up sometimes. I'm Brazilian. I'll say that for on my own experience because I've been living here for a long time. You know, other markets and other cultures have other idiosyncrasies, but but I think you're right that. A sense of urgency, a sense of urgency, and a sense of importance of deadlines, is uh, is not a core piece of the Latin culture. So we 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 definitely work around that. In terms of uh, talent and skills, everything's fine. You do you have quality talent there, definitely for sure. Yeah, I mean the universities. Um, there, there are young men and women graduating and recent graduates in you know all the skills we need: uh, UX, UI design, computer science, software engineering, hardware engineering. Um, it's not a problem. Hard skills are the easiest thing to solve because you can always give somebody a, a class and say, "Here, you know, you need to get better at JavaScript," or "You know, JavaScript. We want you to learn TypeScript." Those are easy. Uh, those are easy. Um, but it's really no different. I don't think my experience has been a whole lot different than in the U.S. of hiring people for uh, uh, an early stage entrepreneurial company. I mean, there's a certain uh, craziness that you're looking for uh, that it doesn't get taught in university. And talking about the future, Charles, how do you see the region developing? Uh, we, we, you mentioned Costa Rica, Honduras now. 
Is there any other places or countries that you see uh, growing in terms of outsourcing? What's what's your view on that in the next, I don't know, five to ten years? Uh, Guatemala, Salvador. Um, the classic problem in Latin America is political and economic. Uh, you know, Nicaragua, Nicaragua is a mess. I mean, it's it's a mess. Any way you want to cut it, it's being run by a dictator and he's oppressive. And you know, no, I can't imagine any capitalist wanting to invest resources there. So, um, but there are plenty of smart people there if they would solve the political problem. Venezuela. Look at how look at the brain drain that happened in Venezuela. Let alone the amount of money that was stolen from the people of Venezuela by corrupt governments. So, um, I, no, I think all of these have, except for the really high risk profile places like uh, Venezuela and and Nicaragua. Uh, I think there, our belief and it's been borne out by our experience is that brilliant minds exist everywhere. And if if you want to go and you want to invest the time, and it's well rewarded to invest the time to understand how people see the world. I like El Salvador. Uh, I'm a little worried about what's happening in Colombia. Again, politically, it creates a lot of uncertainty in business creation right now. But I'm still, I'm, I'm still happy with the region. Yeah, I think it's... Um... Uh, not just in Central America, but even things that happened in Brazil in the past few years, when you have political instability, the economy really suffers. So st stability is something very fragile in Latin America, but hopefully things are changing. And I think one of the most important reasons as well to look outside the U.S., and it's something that I talked in many of my previous episodes. The world is not confined to, you know, tech innovations, not confined to one country or one region. You know, 20 years ago, 20 something years ago, you only had Silicon Valley. You had just one place for tech innovation, for skills. And now 20 years later, we have, it could be, Anywhere, almost anywhere in the world, could be Africa, could be Central America. You you do have entrepreneurs and innovators um, more spread out around the world, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, keeping in the theme of emerging markets, I guess it would challenge the current concept a little bit in the sense that, uh, you know, 25 years ago, I was out in Silicon Valley. And it's a much different it's a much different place today than it was 25 years ago. Maybe we should record an episode about that. <laughs> well, the the point I'm going to try, yeah, the the point I'm going to try to make isn't about how old I am, but it's about. So let's let's think about India for a minute as as its emergence uh, as a tech power. Um, a couple things got that ball rolling. So first of all, when India became a popular destination for tech help, uh, we didn't use collaborative agile programming methods. Um, programmers would write code all day and then they would sort of hand it over to the QA team and the QA team would then process it and create a list of defects and bugs and then pass it back to 
uh, the development team. So you had this back and forth kind of workflow that stopped because when the developer handed it to QA that he had or she predominantly, he had to stop while they did their work. Um, the big innovation was that India was 12 hours off. And so there was no internet. I was part of doing this, by the way, there was no internet, but we had systems where your QA workers would be in India. They were very, very cheap. They did rote work. You didn't ask them to do innovative stuff. You just asked them to run the checklist every day. And so at five o'clock in Chicago, you would put your code on the server and you go home. Well, as you got home and sat down for supper with your family, the people in India were coming into work. They would log in and pick up and they would run tests during their day, which was your night. And they would put the test results on the server and then they would go home just as you were magically coming in and everybody went, fantastic. Now we're like working around the clock. The point here is that the work matched the geography and the time zone offsets. So nobody was staying awake and working at night. And the second thing was the, the industry in India took off because there was an infinite amount of low level, low innovation, rote technology work that needed to be done. And in the, India in particular spent several decades training their workforce to do this kind of rote, non-innovative work. And now, just now, in the last maybe 10 years, we're finally seeing the emergence of an entrepreneurial market and economy in India that's really starting to boom. So I think for Latin America and other emerging economies, it, uh, it's probably a good thing to be careful to separate high quality work, which QA and test and that sort of stuff is, separate that from the idea of innovation and creating a Silicon Valley-like effect because you can't, you can't, you need the human resources and skill set first before you can get that innovative entrepreneurial community. And I'll stop, but this is this is a big part of what we uh, look at and, and work on and I study and, and am involved in every day. So Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I had uh, um episode only about India and I also one of the reasons we talked about was uh, the political stability. Please go listen. If you guys listening now, go back after this episode and listen to my episode with, about India. And um, yeah, so Charles, now it's time for you to talk about Code Exitus. Is there something happening? Something you want to plug? Something you're looking <laughs> for? <laughs> yeah, we... Uh, thanks. I mean, Code Exitus... We, it's really simple what we do. We help entrepreneurs and innovators design, build, and launch digital products. So our typical client is either a corporate innovation team or uh, an entrepreneur at some stage of their journey, typically from inception to like B round of venture capital, um, although we work with larger firms. 
And they come to us and it's classic entrepreneur story. They're waving their arms and they have an idea and they're, they're passionate about this thing. And they're like, we need somebody to help us build it. And their alternative, of course, is to uh, hire a bunch of staff, which is usually prohibitively expensive and takes a long time to get people in and up and everything else. Um, so we help them build the product. And, you know, we do hardware and software products. Here's an example. I'm going to get this accurately. Yeah. If you don't have video, it's a small uh, IoT appliance. It kind of looks like an Apple TV if you want to think about okay. it that way. Yes, it looks it's, like I'm Apple TV. Yeah, and it it's designed to be the core of a highly private and secure social network. And that product's going to launch here in the next uh, couple of months. Uh, it's called the Quotient Social Network. It's pretty pretty innovative. It's got a great entrepreneur behind it. He's been a, a, a visionary, really, in what he wants to do with this thing. And we're ready to go. So now it's built, and that's the kind of work we do. We we built this, and and uh, we'll help it get it launched, and we'll see where it goes. Um, about half of our yeah, clients I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, about half of our clients have some sort of venture capital or outside investment capital involved in their business. So uh, we're very familiar with uh, helping people get to where they can raise venture capital. And we work well with teams that have uh, venture capital invested and they need to accelerate their growth. So uh, that's what we do. Yeah, that sounds great. And I'll put the link in the show notes if anyone wants to know more about Code Exitos. And where's the best way to reach to you, Charles? Are you on LinkedIn, email? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, Charles Fry on LinkedIn. Um, you can email me, Charles at CodeExitos or Carlos at CodeExitos. They both work. Uh, and uh, oh, yeah, on LinkedIn, I would say that if people want to if people want to connect with me on LinkedIn, that's totally fine. Just put just put a note in the connection request that you heard me on the podcast. That way, I can separate it from the people who want you know uh, get all the other LinkedIn connections I get. Definitely, definitely. Always explain why you want to connect with someone. If you listen to this episode and want to connect with Charles, please mention Emerging Markets Today. And yeah, so thanks again, Charles. It was a very interesting conversation about Central America. I've definitely learned a lot about Central America and all the best with Codesitos. Well, thank you. I enjoyed being on the this show, and I appreciate the fact that you're out there making more people aware of emerging markets no matter where they are in the world.